You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. What a weekend to celebrate who Jesus is. Um, as Dee said, my name is Matt. My wife, Elodie, and I lead the team that leads Melbourne Lights Church here. Um, and it, it's a privilege to celebrate Jesus with you. This weekend is a time where, where, where we can stop and we pause and we, we face in reality the, the, the beauty but also the, the agony of what the cross represents. That Jesus went to the cross and it wasn't simple and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, it, it was messy. But what it represents for us is so powerful and so, so life-changing. He, he, he endured the agony. It's this juxtaposition between agony and love between the grotesqueness of what the cross was, but his love shown for us in taking upon himself what we deserved. We deserved, and we do still deserve, uh, death. We deserved punishment for all the wrongs that we've done, but he took that upon himself on the cross. The cross, if you look at um, first century culture, was a symbol of, uh, of, of torture. It was a symbol of terror, but now, in much of the world, it is a symbol of love. It's a symbol of salvation and of redemption. Now it represents the love of God toward us, and it offers us hope in a hopeless world. It offers, offers us hope in the face of turmoil and of chaos. I mean, literally, millions upon millions, billions of people around the world wear a cross around their neck. Something that, that once was the symbol of torture and agony, people now wear around their neck to remind them of the love of God and the redemption that comes through Jesus. Easter is about celebrating this fact that Jesus endured suffering. He endured death on a cross to pay the price for our sins, for all the wrong that we've done. So that, you know, not just to pay that price, but so that we can have relationship with God. We're created for relationship with God the Father. And Jesus paid the price so that we can have relationship with him. As we pause this weekend, and I hope that you will take some time to pause this weekend, to slow down, to, to you know, not just rush from one thing to another. We have a chance to lay hold of Jesus. We have a chance to see him afresh, the one in, in whom we find true hope, the one in whom we find redemption and fullness of life. Let me encourage you, and I hope you'll have time with, some, with family, friends, you'll have some time to slow down, to not just eat the chocolate and have the meals and even you know, have the time to relax, although that's good, but to at some point take time to say, Jesus, show yourself to me again. Let me see you afresh. Today on, on Good Friday, we remember Jesus' death, his sacrifice, you know, Easter Sunday is like the celebration of his resurrection and his victory and all that his death and sacrifice bought for us. But I want to read this morning from Matthew 16, verse 21 to 25. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Otherwise, it's going to come up on the screen behind me. It says this, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests and scribes, and be killed. And on the third day... Be raised. Verse 22 says, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. I mean, that's, that's quite a harsh thing to say, isn't it? But you'll see why. He says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind 
on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his, his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Why does he say to Peter, get behind me, Satan? Because Peter was saying, no, 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 there's got to be a different way. You don't have to do this, Lord. And he said, no, this is the way to redemption, to take up your cross, to deny yourself, to die to yourself, and to follow me. And I need to show you the way. This morning, I want to talk about Jesus. We've already sung about Jesus We've heard about Jesus, but I want to talk about Jesus. And more specifically, I want to talk about the cross. The cross is the defining moment of all of Christianity. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, Paul writes this, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Good Friday is the day we remember the crucifixion of Jesus. But it's more than just remembering his death. There's life-changing power in the cross. The cross is the intersection of God's love and God's justice. It's the intersection of the love and the justice of God. John 1 verse 27 says this, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God uh, God is loving, but God is also just. God's justice demanded that there's a price to pay for the wrong that we did. But because he's loving, he made a way. He paid the price for us. Behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. This this is a reference to Jesus, the lamb of God. It points back to to the Jewish Passover in Exodus chapter 12. God's going to bring his people out of Egypt. If you look in the Old Testament which represents slavery, it represents bondage, and into a promised land. And the Israelites are commanded to sacrifice an unblemished lamb and to take the blood and put it on the doorposts of their house. And it says that when the, 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 the blood would be a sign for the, when the angel of death came, that those who were in the house with the, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, it sounds quite gruesome, but there's a picture in this, that he would pass over and that they would be spared. When Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized, John recognized him and he cried out to everyone that was there, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He's not, it wasn't just a random saying. Everyone that was there knew the reference to the Passover lamb. In making that declaration, he identified Jesus and he identified God's plan for Jesus to be the sacrifice for sin. There was a change that was about to be taken, take place. It wasn't about an actual unblemished lamb being sacrificed anymore. It was about Jesus, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Jesus, the, the Son of heaven, who's come to earth to end that practice and be the sacrifice for us. Why did Jesus have to go to the cross and die? Think surely there is a better way. Why did he have to go to the cross and die? This is the overarching message of the Bible. It's the story of redemption. 
God created the heavens and the earth. You look back in Genesis. He created man and woman in his image. He placed them in the Garden of Eden to be stewards of the earth. But because of the temptations of Satan, it says in Genesis, the serpent, Adam and Eve sinned and fell from God's grace. On top of that, they passed the curse of sin onto their children so that everyone inherits a sinful nature. So what was to be done about this? God the Father sent his one and only son. He sent Jesus into the world to become a man, to be the savior of his people. And because, if you remember the Christmas story, because Jesus was born of a virgin, Jesus avoided the curse of the fall that that infects or affects all other human beings. As the sinless son of God, he alone could provide the unblemished sacrifice that God required. He alone could pay that price. God's justice demanded punishment for sin because he's holy. But God's love moved him to send his one and only son to be the payment for that sin. That's why we stop and we celebrate at Easter. Because God's not just just. God's not sitting up there waiting for us just to sin so he can smite us. He he is just and he's holy. But because he's also love, he made a way for us to be set free from that sin. This is why the cross is so powerful and so amazing. This is why billions of people wear the cross around their neck. This is why... There's there's such power in just the image of the cross. But if we want to embrace the resurrection power of Jesus in our lives, then he calls us to the cross as well. If we want to embrace his power in our lives, his freedom in our lives, his, 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 uh, his joy in our lives, all that Louise prophesied before, then he calls us firstly to the cross as well. He says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There's no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. What do I mean? There's no resurrection without death. There's no salvation without the cross. Here's the thing. There's a good Friday for all of us. Yes, there's life in Jesus. Yes, there's resurrection. Corinthians says that when we come to him, he raises us up as a new creation. But all of that starts with dying to ourselves First, there's no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. There's no resurrection without death first. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is what following Jesus is about. Why does Peter stand up in Acts chapter 2 and say, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins? Because it's about coming to the cross and putting ourselves to death. Baptism represents the death of the old self, that we're buried with him. That's why as a church, we don't just sprinkle infants. And if you've been sprinkled, then that's fine. But there's a baptism 
that, that, that we identify with the cross of Christ, the death of Christ, and then because of that, we're raised as a new creation. Because of that, all of the fullness of his resurrection becomes ours. This is what following Jesus is about. It's more than just a self-help program to improve your life. It's not about that. It's not about self-help. It's not even about, to be honest, guys, it's not about a Sunday meeting to encourage you or to make you feel better about yourself. Sometimes we treat following Jesus like a checkup at the chiropractor or the physio or going to, you know, to the doctor. We go, we get adjusted, we feel better, you know, and then it's kind of our, you know, our regular maintenance. It's more, following Jesus is more than that. And, and it's good. Yeah, we have our, our own resident chiropractor, and if you need anyone, go see him. Um, he, he will make you feel better. But coming to church once a week, that, that's not following Jesus. It's not about trying to do enough to do good things to maybe earn our way into heaven. Following Jesus is about broken, sinful people dying to themselves at the cross of Jesus and being raised with him a new creation, with a new identity with new inheritance, with all that he's purchased for us on the cross. But in order for the new to come, the old has to die. There's a lot of people who come and sit in church who want all of the benefits of the new but have never put to death the old. They've got a foot in both things. They're hanging on to the dead corpse that they need to let go. In John 12, verse 24, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. You know when Jesus says truly more than once? He's like, really, really listen. This is important. Truly, truly, I say to you. This is really true. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. What the heck is Jesus saying? It's like a, uh, you know, like that doesn't make sense in our, in our culture. We, we don't, most of us don't, you know, plant grain and all that sort of stuff. What is he saying? He's saying this. It's only through dying to ourselves that salvation can come and our lives can then bear eternal fruit. It's only through dying to ourselves that then we are made a new creation and there's an eternal fruitfulness to our lives. I think where Christianity gets mixed up is when we tell people about the blessing, about the favor that God wants to pour out on their life without first telling them that the only way to receive that is through the cross. We tell people that God wants you to live your best life. God wants to bless you. God wants to show you his favor, that you're blessed. You know, say I'm blessed, say I'm blessed. I'm blessed in Christ. There's a truth, you are blessed in Christ, but first you have to die in Christ. Then you're blessed in Christ. God does pour out his favor on you, but first you have to die to yourself and live for him. But God offers us all first, before anything else, is the cross, to die to ourselves, to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. As a church, we, we, we use this, uh, th this picture often when we, when we share the gospel with people, and it's called the Lordship Circle. Just a big circle, you just draw a circle, you can draw it on the ground, you can draw it on a board, you can draw it in chalk, it doesn't, just a big circle, and all the bits of your life. And most of us, in the middle of that circle, have ourselves. 
if my, if my circle would be Matt in the middle and then, you know, my family and my job and the sports that I like and maybe music because I like to play music and all the other gifts and talents that God's given me. But to follow Jesus isn't just to add him to the circle of things that I enjoy or that are some part of my life, but it's to dethrone myself, to put myself to death, take myself out of the middle and to put Jesus in the very center of my life. Then every other gift, every other talent, every other thing that he's gifted me in becomes about him and not about me. God offers us first is the cross to die to ourselves, to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. Is there blessing and salvation and favor and provision in Christ? Absolutely. But not while we're still trying to earn it in our own strength. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23 to 24, the early church called the cross the wisdom and the power of God. Think about that. This is the early church who was being dragged from their homes and crucified on crosses. This was the early church who many of whom were there when Jesus was crucified, called the cross the wisdom and the power of God. God's power and God's wisdom led Jesus to the cross to pay the price for our sins. This power and this wisdom leads us to the cross to lay down our lives, to lay down our pride, to lay down our self-effort, to lay down our sins at the cross, to humble ourselves and to make Jesus Lord. It's saying that the cross, it says in the scripture that the cross is a stumbling block, that it's foolishness for those who are trying in their own strength but it's power and it's wisdom for those who believe. You might be sitting here and thinking, I don't agree with anything you're saying. This is foolishness. But when you submit to Jesus, it becomes the power and the wisdom of God. There's no Easter Sunday. There's no resurrection, salvation, new life without Good Friday, without the cross. But Friday also means the beginning of change. We come to the cross, we die at the cross, but we don't stay at the cross. It's not just about dying. See, the good news is that once you've, you're like, thank God. (laughs) It's like, this is a very heavy message. It's not just about dying, because once you've been to the cross, everything changes. The stumbling blocks, the foolishness turns into power and into wisdom. The cross changes everything. Salvation is found at the cross of Jesus. Freedom is found at the cross of Jesus. Purpose is found at the cross of Jesus. Suddenly I'm not living for myself. I'm not living for my career. I'm not living to make as much money as I can. It all becomes about Jesus. I'm living for him. I'm living for his purposes. I'm living to make much of him. If he calls me to a different nation, I I sell everything and I move to that nation because that's what he's called me to. If you want freedom, come to the cross today where Jesus paid the price for your sin so that you can have freedom. If you're that young man today and you're angry, come to the cross of Jesus and let him set you free.
If you're that person that Louise prophesied about and you have a deep grief inside of you, come to the cross of Jesus and let him give you his joy. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If you're struggling with an area of sin, come take up the cross today. Easter is about the empty tomb. There's resurrection life, but first it's about the cross. There is no resurrection life without first death. Friday is the road to Sunday. And it was the road for Jesus, and it's the road for us. So how do we come to the cross? John 3.16 says that because of Jesus' atoning sacrifice, his, his, his sacrifice that paid the price on the cross, that those who place their faith and their trust in him alone for salvation are guaranteed eternal life. How do we come to the cross? By placing our faith and our trust in Jesus alone. As we saw in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus calls his followers to take up their cross and to follow him. Again, it's not self-help. Jesus is calling his disciples to a radical self-denial. It starts with faith and trust in him alone, but it continues with denying ourselves. Because we live in a fallen world. Once we come to the cross, he gives us a new purpose. He gives us a new vision. But we have to continually deny ourselves. Because the world says, why are you doing this? This is foolishness. This doesn't make sense. You can, you can have more things. You can have more stuff. You can have a better life. But we keep denying ourselves because we know it's not about now. It's about eternity. We know there's a better way to live. We know we have a better purpose. We know we're people on mission. It's radical self-denial. The cross meant only one thing to the first century people. Death. The cross meant death. And Jesus says, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Galatians reiterates this theme of death to the sinful self. Rising to walk in new life with Christ. It says this in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, this is through the cross. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The way we come to the cross is by realizing what Jesus has done for us on that cross and by putting our faith and our trust in him alone. The way we come to the cross is with a humble and repentant heart. We can't come to the cross with pride because it's not about our own self-effort. It's not about doing it my way. You know, the number one song played at funerals around the globe is Frank Sinatra's My Way. It's devastating. Please don't ever play that song at my funeral. Thank you. It's not about my way. Once I come to the cross, it's Jesus' way. Can I say this? Stop trying in your own strength, sir, 
man, stop trying in your own strength to overcome sin. Stop trying in your own strength to save yourself, to earn salvation. Instead, come to the cross with a humble and repentant heart. Humble yourself. Acknowledge your need for a Savior. And put your faith in Jesus. The only way we can live in the resurrection power and the salvation of Jesus is to have our own Good Friday. We put ourselves to death at the cross. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.